20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into an all new episode, not just any episode of the Pack a Day Podcast, the pregame show episode of the Pack a Day Podcast, and not just any pregame show episode of the Pack a Day Podcast, a special, an extremely special version featuring the one and only Perry Goldstein, the one and only Alex Strofe, and I guess me too. Uh, I am so excited to talk about this game. Full transparency, we are recording this on a Thursday. Uh, Sunday night football got in the way of us recording on our usual Sunday night. So we had to find a date and time that works. So we're recording on Thursday to talk about Packers Chiefs for Sunday. Enough about that, though. Perry Goldstein, Alex Strofe, how the heck are you doing? I'm good, Andy. And if we're going to be fully transparent, it is because uh, Perry has a normal sleep schedule like a normal adult. Unlike you and me, we will both be awake at a what probably would have been about a 2 a.m. recording time uh, after the Sunday night game. But uh, nonetheless, good to be with you guys. Excited to preview this game. And uh, I'm good. I'm wearing my Jay Love jersey. So uh, quick, quick pre-show switch of the, of the attire, but, but I'm good. Perry, how, how the heck are you? I don't think I've been this excited for a game in so long, which could mean one of many things could go wrong. <laughs> Probably going to be brought like very down to earth. The thing is, and we'll get into it. I'm not excited because I think the Packers are about to whoop some ass. I'm just excited for the measuring stick that this game is for this young team. And also that it has just been so long since Packers football. Um, and like Sunday night football at Lambeau Field, it's supposed to snow. It's just going to be such a good game. I'm going to use a super, super lame analogy because we always love to make lame analogies with like kids sports and it doesn't really make sense. But so recently, uh, our kids soccer team, we have been playing against older level teams. So we've been playing two or like a year or two years older than what our kids have been normally playing at because they're a good team and they wanted an extra challenge. And you go into some of those games knowing that you're playing some really tough opponents that might be a little bit more evolved than you at this point in your you know, career. And I feel like a little bit like Green Bay is kind of going into that. And when we go into those games, it's not like we're expecting to just dominate and tear it up. We're going because it's a great measuring stick. And if nothing else, we are going to learn some crap about our team that is going to be really fun. And we're going to have some takeaways. And like I said, we're going to learn from it. And I, like I said, I feel like that's the same way for this Green Bay team is they're facing a team right now that is just at a, an evolution above them overall. And it doesn't mean that on the right day and the right moment and the right set of circumstances that you can't win that game. But if nothing else, it's an unbelievably fun measuring stick and you get to go up against one of the best teams in football at home, Sunday night football, under the lights, and we are about to learn some stuff about this Green Bay Packers team. And the plus is, man, if you get the win, whew, like we are we are having some fun. And if like they're competitive and it just comes up a little bit short, all right, like that's not the worst result in the world, and we learn some things about this team. And like they're maybe like right there. And if they get beat, you know what? It probably sucks, and but you probably learn some things too of like, here's where they need to improve. Here's some positions that they need to get better at. And you learn from it and you grow. And that's why I'm so excited about this game is because no matter what, whether it's an unbelievable win, a competitive battle, or a learning experience, this is going to be really good for this young Packers team. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. And, and I look at it like, 
I have I have two different expectations of losses, right? Like I will be completely transparent. I don't expect to win this week. I, I just don't. I, I think the Chiefs are one of the best teams, if not the best team in the league, despite the record being eight and three. They're the reigning Super Bowl champions. They're probably still the favorite. So I look at it one of two ways. I look at it one, it could be a good loss. And uh, my most recent memory of a really good loss prior to this season was the Philadelphia Sunday night game where Jordan Love had to come in at the end of the game. Now, the score probably didn't indicate the way they lost that game, but you saw some flashes out of Jordan Love, and you were like, huh, there actually might be something there, despite maybe some prevent defense and end-of-game scenarios. Or this could go down the way San Francisco, I want to say that was 2020 season, um, where they just got their asses whooped, right? And, And that could be Sunday, too. And I probably will still walk away with the, with the optimistic outlook of, hey, this might still be a playoff team. Uh, so I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah. But the way the Packers have played, especially on Thanksgiving, like anything is possible. Is the youth movement hitting at the right time? Is this team peaking late? Are they going to turn into this young team that nobody wants to see as we as we roll into this easier section of the schedule and into the postseason? I don't really know, right? Like we're in this really fun period, as Perry alluded to at the top. We're like, this is the most fun I've had as a Packers fan in a long time. Because this team went from a four-game losing streak of, yeah, well, I don't really know what's happening here, too. Oh, holy smokes, they might be uh they, they might be pretty solid, and Jordan Love might be that guy. So you're right, Andy. It, it is it is the ultimate gauge of where this team is at. And there's also that fun storyline of Jordan Love's first NFL career start against the Kansas City Chiefs. Perry rolls her eyes. But also, now his biggest NFL start is against the Kansas City Chiefs on a national spotlight on Sunday Night Football. So I'm jacked up. I I expect a loss, but I expect hopefully a fun loss. Perry? Oh, we're, we get to dive in more. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I only roll my eyes. Cause like, we're going to beat that dead horse dead till it's dead in <laughs> pulverized. Um, no, I mean, look, I'm sure Jordan is ready to get a little bit of like a narrative rewritten for himself going up against Steve Spagnuolo and like fair. I'm sh- he's a very different player. This is a completely different um, player that's going up against the Chiefs defense and we'll get into the Chiefs defense and going up against this Packers offense but um, the Chiefs defense is very good and you know this is going to be a big test for him but I think overall for me it's the Packers kind of feel like they're playing with house money in this game because they lose and like fine you know like we Maggie and I on Pax what she said this week did a playoff picture and the Packers can still very much make it into the playoffs with a loss, you know, they have a, a very solid path forward somehow, some way <laughs> with a loss against the Chiefs and it, it won't matter. Right. So, again, this like Andy said, this is a game where you go in, you play some competitive football and you lose this game. And it, it really doesn't matter if the end result is a loss. I think you show that you can be competitive against one of the best or if not the best team in the league. That's what matters in this game. And like I said before, like this is a measuring stick game. I think what's most fun is that you're getting the Chiefs at this point in the schedule. You get the Chiefs a month ago. Oof. You know, you're looking at a total whoop ass. Um, you get the Chiefs now and you're getting a very different Packers team, a team that is kind of on this trajectory up. You're getting a team that is feeling themselves a little bit, right? Is that confidence going to translate onto the field and are they going to execute properly? Is this a team that is going to 
feel themselves a little bit too much and going to get kind of humbled a little bit. You know, like this is a young team who is going to go up against, and Andy, I think your analogy is really spot on, a team that is vet all the way. They've won two Super Bowls. Guys on this team have two rings. I mean, that is like, you know, this is a JV squad going up against like SEC college football, kind of. Like if you want to go stick with like kind of an analogy. So it's just a really, really, really good test for where this Packers team is at. And I'm excited because I want to see where this Packers team is at. I think that they can go in and if they played like they played against the Lions, be really competitive. I would love to see this offense be able to put up points against this Chiefs defense. Um, That's just like, I just think, I just think that's where I'm at with this game. Um, And it's great because if they lose and they probably will lose, it really doesn't matter. Like that loss in that loss column, does that matter to this team? Like whatsoever house money, if they win, cool. Right. Like, so that, I think they're just in a really nice position walking into this game. I think we all have like some level of hope and I don't think any of us think that this is like a complete lost cause. Like they just beat Detroit in Detroit. And um, I think this is a really interesting scenario overall. And I'm so excited to see how this game plays out. And I'm, I'm certainly not going to limit green Bay in any way of to like what they could potentially accomplish in this game. I think the biggest thing though, is it's going to be a really fun measuring stick game for this young Packers team. And that's what kind of makes it so fun. And so house money feeling overall, Uh, let's talk about the really fun thing. That's always really fun to talk about for the green Bay Packers every single week. And that's the injury report. Now, as I mentioned, we're recording this on Thursday night, so we don't have the Friday game day status status I or anything like that. Um, but let's let's talk about the Chiefs first. They're fine. They have no major injuries of note whatsoever. Uh, everyone practiced either limited or full participation for the Chiefs on Thursday. Their only two players that were limited were Nick Bolton and Jarek McKinnon. And I expect both of those players, along with every other Kansas City Chief, on the injury report to play. So we can leave that right there because, of course, every team that we play is totally healthy. And every team that you know plays the Packers, they get the Packers at like 30%. But let's go over the Packers injury report now. From a did not practice standpoint, you had Robert Rochelle, which I think if we're being honest, I don't think anyone's super concerned about it. made a couple of nice plays in special teams the other day, but that's not of anyone's major concern right now. Aaron Jones did not participate. That seems like it might be a long shot for this week. I would not expect Aaron Jones to play. We shall see if maybe something changes on Friday and Saturday prior to the game. But as we're recording this, it doesn't seem to be trending in that direction. And then the other one, Jaden Reed, did not participate for the second straight day. However, he did say in an interview that this has been sort of the status quo for him. Practicing during the week is more of allowing him to heal, but that he's able to make it through games and doesn't expect it to be any different this Sunday. So again, as we're recording this, it seems like Jaden Reed, even though he did not participate in back-to-back practices, that it sounds like he's going to play in this game. Then let's go over the full participants. Some good news. The full participants, we've got Keyshawn Nixon, expect him to play. Darnell Savage, I would at this point expect him to play as well. And Devontae Wyatt, also expect him to play. So some good news here. And then let me take a deep breath before we read through all of the limited participants. Just a small list of Jair Alexander, (laughs) Devondre Campbell, Kenny Clark, Josiah DeGuara, Rudy Ford, Rashawn Gary, Eric Stokes, Dontavian Wicks. Just eight guys limited, not to mention the other like 30 guys we already discussed and all the other players that are already on IR. Where's AJ Dillon? 
Uh, AJ Dillon, sorry, also limited. Sorry if I missed him. AJ Dillon, also limited. So that's one more. Uh, it does seem like Jair is probably trending, but you don't know with the shoulder and back that he's had. It seems like he's trending positive. Devondre Campbell, we'll see. Uh, Kenny Clark, I would expect to play. DeGuara, who knows? I think D- Dylan's going to play, would be my guess. He'll probably play again. Rudy Ford seems to be trending in the right direction. Rashawn Gary, I fully expect to play. Eric Stokes, I I don't know. I, even if he plays, I don't think he's going to have a role on the team, and I don't think he's going to play. And then Dontavian Wicks, I expect to play. Although he now has a knee injury. It's not the concussion anymore. It's a knee injury that they're listing him with as a limited participant. So. Well, he had a concussion slash knee after knee that game. So sure. it's, it's not new. It's the same. The Green Bay's finding new ways to not just have one injury designation, but also multiple yeah. injury designations per player, which is just chef kiss. Yeah, the Jair one specifically, right? Like back injuries are so weird to begin with. And then that turns into a shoulder, but you know, he's still dealing with back. Anyway, that, that one's a whole level of frustration, but that's beside the point. And uh, also Rudy Ford added, so he's got biceps and groin injury. Jair's just listed with a shoulder now. Like there's so many freaking injuries on this team that it's like hard to keep track of which person has which injury because like it's just been all over the freaking place. But needless to say, I think the big takeaway here is the injuries for Green Bay are going to continue to play a huge role on this team one way or the other. And it's going to be important to take a look at the inactive list at what is it going to be like 5.50 central time PM uh, prior to the game as to who's actually playing in this game and who is not. The good news here is that they have a little bit more time than normal. I know it's probably like only a handful of hours, but Hey, take anything you can get at this point. Six hours and 20 minutes to be exact. If I'm not seven hours, 20 minutes to be exact. Yeah, we'll take it. We'll take it. Um, yeah, I, again, it's it's hard to speculate as we record on Thursday, but it, it again, it's it's a tough matchup. It, it's a fun matchup. I, I think we're very impressed, despite all the defensive injuries you just riddled off, Andy. I, I'm really impressed without Jair how the defensive backfield played against against Detroit. I'm impressed with the way the defense stepped up. Um, I, I'm impressed with with uh, Simone Biles' husband, obviously with the big touchdown against Detroit. So. <laughs> Look, it's scary. Obviously, you prefer Jair out there rather than Carrington Valentine. Patrick Bowles. Yeah, a little bit of a difference there too, Perry. Good point. Good point. A little bit of a difference. So, I don't know, right? Like, again, all three of us are sitting here saying we expect a loss. I just – I want to see a competitive loss if it's a loss. And, and I like Perry's house uh, house money analogy because if they win, man, I'll, I'll – I'll see Perry, we're, we're getting you a PJ all the way to Green Bay. Well, We'll meet you at Stadium View after the game. We're, we're shutting that place down if they, if they pull this off on Sunday. If you get me a PJ, I'm not going to Stadium View. <laughs> That's a fair point. That's a fair point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, this game looks very different if you get, you know, the Jair and Devondre Campbell and, you know, Kenny Clark is 100%. Like what Joe Barry is able to call against Patrick Mahomes and this offense looks very different than what he can call without his star players. And again, I think the knock against this Chiefs offense this season has been like Patrick Mahomes really has Travis Kelsey and like who behind him. But Rasheed Rice has been kind of coming up so far. And, you know, he had a little bit of his kind of breakout game against the Raiders last week. Guys seem to have their breakout games against the Green Bay Packers defense. So I really much prefer having Jair Alexander and, you know, not Carrington or 
Corey Valentine, you know, out there. Carrington Valentine has had a, a lovely, you know, start to his NFL career so far. But again, you would much prefer to have your all pro when you're going up against one of the NFL's, you know, juggernauts on offense. And again, they haven't had their best season. They're 11th, I think, in points for this season. They're not even top 10, but it doesn't matter because it's Patrick Mahomes. Um, You want every weapon on defense possible. He can extend plays. He can use his legs. He'll do anything possible. I mean, him and Travis Kelsey alone, they can beat you. So, Again, like we'll have to wait to see who's inactive and who's not. So it's hard to kind of speculate right now on Thursday, but you feel a heck of a lot better when you've got your star players playing. It's been interesting that it does. It's almost felt like Joe Barry's been a little bit more aggressive without his full deck of cards the past couple of weeks, which has been a little bit interesting to me. And I think the other thing that's going to be really interesting is like, if they are fully healthy, let's just say everyone's a go, like who do they start at safety? Is it Savage and Ford or do they get some of the other guys involved? Like who starts at corner? I think a lot of people expect it just to be Jair and Carrington Valentine. That's a really poor run defense corner group. Like neither of them are really aggressive as run defenders. Yeah, but they're in a good run game or don't have a good run game. I understand, but like they've gone in the past with Valentine over Valentine for that reason. There was a specific game where Valentine and then they pulled him out and put Ballantyne in because they were more worried about the run and like they needed a run defender out there at corner. So like that's at least intriguing. I think it's going to be Valentine, but it's intriguing to me. And then like if Savage is healthy, they could theoretically try him in the slot at instead of Nixon too. I expect it to be Nixon, but like Joe Barry has more options now. If McDuffie yeah. and Quay and Campbell are all healthy, there has been some rumbling at times of maybe McDuffie still having a role on the defense. That's interesting. Like I'm just interested to see like, when they have everyone, what does this defense look like? And does Joe Barry try some things? Maybe not, probably not, but I'm intrigued if nothing else. It's like option paralysis almost. Like he has too many options and he actually just doesn't know what to do with them. Because I have this argument, I had this argument on Thanksgiving where my dad really wants to see uh, Joe Barry use Quay more in like a pass, uh, like an edge rusher role. And he's like, I don't understand why they don't use Quay in like more of a blitzer role. And I was like, well, when you don't have him and Devontae Campbell healthy at the same time, you have to use Quay in the mic role because you don't have Devondre out there. Like, who is your true inside linebacker? Like, you can't just send Quay on a blitz with nobody covering the middle of the field. Right. So if they're both healthy, you can use them in a little bit more creative way. But at the same time, I don't have a ton of faith in Joe Barry to even use them in a creative way. Um, I'm curious, Andy and Alex, then is the way everyone's like, what's the way to stop Patrick Mahomes? Like, is the way like. And again, like he is not a Jared Goff, right? You can knock Patrick Mahomes off his spot and he will scramble you to death and make plays, right? Like you, you knock Jared Goff off the spot and he can't do anything, but like, is this a game where the pass rush has to get home? Like it does, does pass rush, does Rashawn Gary, like Preston Smith having another game like they did last week. Does that, I, I worry that actually like getting home and like setting the edge I, it doesn't actually do anything against the Chiefs. I knew that's what you're going to say because you're <laughs> correct, right? It's Patrick freaking Mahomes. He, he is he is maybe the the best improviser we've we've seen, right? And 
that that's what makes him so dangerous and, and also, except when he's playing the Packers, so unbelievably fun to watch because you mentioned it earlier, Perry, right? Like other than Travis Kelsey, who on the who on the Chiefs offense, not named Patrick Mahomes also, really scares you? Creed Humphrey. <laughs> right, right? Like that means nobody. Um, so that's that's the really fun part about this is yeah, if they can get home and sack Patrick Mahomes four, five, six times, it just ain't gonna happen. But he doesn't get sacked. That's what I'm saying. At all. That's what I'm saying. It ain't gonna happen. That's what I mean. So I, I don't know. I don't know how to beat him. Like we're gonna get to our keys of the game. It's gonna be it's gonna be limit Mahomes. I don't know how you do that. Like good coverage is the <laughs> Is Jair gonna play? Are you gonna are, yeah. <laughs> it it just seems like and I don't want to call it a lost cause because this team two weeks in a row, it seems like it has found a way to pull out victories in, in as much as they as they whoop Detroit. Like a, a victory I, I didn't go into feeling very good about. I, I did a three-hour pregame show thinking, yeah, this is a game they're going to lose. And I feel like I'm doing that again right now with you guys. They've found ways to pull things off. I don't know to answer your question on Mahomes. Andy, go ahead. Or take the ball away, I guess. So I, I'm not going to lie. When I'm in the middle of Packer season, I don't always eat the best. It's by far my busiest time of year. I don't have a ton of time to make healthy meals. And because of that, I end up eating a lot of unhealthy foods. And when I'm not eating healthy, my digestive system doesn't always feel the best. And I end up feeling less focused, more stressed. And it just feels like my immune system is fighting with an arm behind its back. That's why I tried AG1. I was tired of being tired and I was tired of being unfocused and I needed to kickstart my immune system and increase my energy. And when I started drinking AG1 daily, I could feel the difference in my digestive health and my daily energy. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. Not only did I replace my multivitamin with AG1, but I love that every scoop includes probiotics for gut support, B vitamins for energy, and zinc to help support my immune health. And that's why Packaday is proud to be sponsored by AG1. AG1 is the supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash packaday. That's drinkag1.com slash packaday. Check it out. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. One of my absolute favorite parts of the holidays is the joy of gift giving and trying to find that perfect gift for somebody that you care about so incredibly much. I've got two boys, 10 years old and six years old, and they are the absolute joy of my life. And watching them open those gifts and seeing the smiles on their faces is just about the best thing in the entire world. But one of the things that we often forget during the holidays is to remember to give to ourselves. Maybe that's in the form of a present, but it could also be the gift of taking a moment to enjoy the holidays. It could be treating yourself to a day of rest or maybe just enjoying your favorite meal. The best part is that you get to decide how to give to yourself. One other way that you can do that is by giving yourself the gift of therapy. And sometimes the holidays are the perfect time to start therapy or maybe even restart your therapy journey. Therapy continues to give me the tools that I need to live a happy, successful, and joyful life. Simply put, therapy is a beautiful journey to finding myself and making myself a better person. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. You can go online right now and find a therapy plan that's uniquely designed for you. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. 
Visit betterhelp.com slash packaday today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash packaday. There's, there's no perfect answer, right? There's not going to be anything that's just like, hey, we, guess what? Right. We figured out Patrick We've Mahomes. We, right. we figured out we Patrick Mahomes. We got it. Go, Matt. But it, it starts up front, not with necessarily just specifically pressure, but with pass rush integrity. The, it's very similar to the way that teams played Aaron Rodgers, where the worst thing that you could have happen is you get upfield on Aaron Rodgers and he ducks up, goes to the right, and now he has free space to keep have full vision down the field with five guys doing their stuff after the initial route and coming open and doing all their crazy stuff, plus the ability to use his legs where, all right, if one of my guys doesn't get open, I'm just going to run for 20 yards. And it makes it really hard to spy Patrick Mahomes because you have to have eyes, double eyes on Travis Kelsey everywhere, especially from that linebacker position, whether you're using somebody to jam him, whether you're like doubling him, bracketing him, whatever you're doing, you have to have that. So it's like really tough to spy him as well. So the biggest thing is you cannot like have the pin your ears back, get up the field, get run around the bend. And Patrick is just like, Oh, see you guys later. And then takes up off the field. And again, can go anywhere that he wants have full space to roam, look down the field. And because when he does that, he can throw on a dime everywhere, everywhere. So that's the biggest thing that you can't allow in this game. You would rather have the pocket slowly collapse around him and make it so that he's claustrophobic than like you like flashing color and he's just going to sidestep it and do whatever he wants. So I think it starts there. I think the other thing is that you do have to be very calculated of taking Travis Kelsey away in key moments. Travis is going to get his, and you can't just bracket him and double team him all game long. You're going to have to be smart about it. You're going to have different plans of attack. But in key situations, you know he's going to look there. So you are going to have to double him on times, and that's going to leave some guys on islands. But you like you have to make the Chiefs running backs, and you have to make the Chiefs downfield targets like MVS and Rasheed Rice and those guys beat you. And if they do, so be it. But you can't just let Mahomes and Kelsey, you can't let Mahomes run free. And you just kind of have to take your poison a little bit and say, all right, I'm going to, it's got to be the Chiefs wide receivers and checkdowns. I'll, t- I'll take that over the other option. But it so starts with pass rush integrity. And that's not been something, by the way, that Green Bay has been great yeah. at. They have been getting upfield far too often. Rashawn Gary is often, uh, you know, somebody that can do that from time to time. And when they twist and pull, a lot of times, like, you'll bring Rashawn Gary inside and then you'll have Devontae Wyatt swinging outside. And then all of a sudden Patrick Mahomes is like, Oh, that's a 300 some pound offensive tackle. I'll just run right around him. And he's not going to catch up to me either. So you just have to be super smart about it. And they're going to have to maintain their rush lanes or you're just going to get nuked. Yeah. That was the one thing while you were speaking, I was like, well, the Packers pass for us, they're kind of like Achilles heel is actually sometimes rushing past the quarterback is all of a sudden you're like, you're watching, you're on the film, and they're like, oh, 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 and now they're behind the quarterback. And you're like, well, you did it. You got there, but now you're not. You went too far. Um, Yeah, that's a win for the offense and the offensive line, by the way. Like, that is a huge negative for the defender. If he gets behind the quarterback and just allows it, like, that is a loss for the defensive lineman, and that is a win for the offensive tackle. So, yeah, you want to see Preston and Rashawn faces and not around as much because again it just opens up those rush lanes for Mahomes and makes things very challenging for the rest of the defense I really think the key is just really long sustained offensive drives so that Patrick Mahomes has the ball as little as possible like that's just simply the only way 
Well, that's our that kind of covers our preview for Packers defense versus Chiefs offense. Unless Alex Perry, did you have anything else you wanted to add other than keep Mahomes in the pocket, take Kelsey away when needed, and pray. And pray. Yeah, that, that's that's the most important thing you've said. Yeah. <laughs> All right, deal. Let's go to the other side. Packers offense versus Chiefs defense. Alex, I'll start with you. Uh, what do you want to see from this Packers? By the way, this Chiefs defense is probably better than their offense. Spagnolo is yeah. on one, and Trent McDuffie is an absolute stud. Chris Jones is an absolute stud. Good safeties, good corners, good linebackers, good edge players. George Karloff, this is getting better. Like, it's a good freaking team. Yeah, yeah. Karloff, this was the name I was going to bring up because I think all three of us a couple of years back when we were doing like draft preview shows, it was a draft crush all the way for all three of us. Uh, I'll give a shout out to a Wisconsin guy too, Leo Chanel, who's made a jump here in year two for him as well at the linebacker crew. Yeah, what I'd like to see to answer your question, Andy, is exactly what I saw against Detroit, which is a fast start and establish the pass game early. And just to see Jordan Love pick his spots selectively and correctly early and just establish the tone early, which opens things up, right? And I I, I think we're under the expectation. Again, we're recording Thursday. We won't know, but we assume we won't see Aaron Jones. You want to you, you get an early lead if you have the ball first or even if, if you score first. That way you have maybe a little bit more cushion to utilize a guy like A.J. Dillon, who, again, plays his best football in December. December 3rd is the date of this game. I, I, I don't know. It's a theory. I, I just think picking your spots early, getting out to a fast start, and I, I, I don't know. This is a good defense. This is not the Chiefs defense I'm used to talking about, right? Because this is usually, their, their, to use the term you used earlier, an Achilles heel. They loved shootouts back in the day. They have allowed the second least points in the NFL this year, the, the Kansas City Chiefs have. Like, this is a freaking dynasty. Uh, this is why I called yeah. them the best team in the NFL earlier, because their defense might, as you just said, might actually be better than their offense, which, by the way, has Patrick Mahomes leading it. So uh, that's this is what makes me more nervous. But again, it goes back to this will tell us a lot about Jordan Love, whose trajectory has been on a, a strict incline the last three, four weeks. So what I want to see is a, is, a, is a fast start early that allows things to open up. Do I think that'll happen? Probably not. Perry, give me a better insight than I just gave you. No, you're right. I mean, they're the third best defense in the league right now. They're averaging, they're allowing about like 16 and a half points um, for each opponent. Like that's, it, it's it's wild because when you think about the Chiefs, you never think about their defense. You mm-hmm. always think about Patrick Mahomes. You always think about high flying offenses and their defenses kind of fall to the wayside. And like, they won the Super Bowl last year, and I'm pretty sure their defense was pretty average, like in terms of DVOA. And all of a sudden, you think about a Chiefs defense being top five. That's scary, like really scary, because you know that Patrick Mahomes in this offense is going to figure it out. I mean, even with like a pretty subpar um, weaponry around him. Yeah. So like, shoot. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, Andy, you mentioned who they have at all phases or all levels, I should say, on defense. I mean, Trent McDuffie is easily the best slot corner in the league. I think PFF has him as like the best rated defender on the Chiefs defense. And Jordan Love loves the middle of the field. Um, so it's just going to be is Jordan Love's accuracy where we think it is or has it been that he's had some wide open holes right are 
is Matt LaFleur scheming guys open? Can Jordan actually hit some of those smaller window throws? Um, we're going to find out, you know, I would not be surprised if there is, there are turnovers by the Packers offense in this game. Can they overcome those turnovers? Like that is the question here. You know, they haven't been able to do that when they shoot themselves in the foot a little bit, if you will, they haven't been able to overcome that this season. Like this is a very good chiefs defense. So they don't have a lot of interceptions, but they have like, 12 forced fumbles or something like that. So this is just, this is a, this, this is a huge test. So I agree with you, Alex, like come out swinging early, aggressive. You are not settling for field goals against this team. You are going for it on fourth down. You are going for seven. You are going to be aggressive. You're going to maybe look, Jordan does not seem to be a guy who is afraid to throw in tight windows, but again, like, this is going to be a test for his accuracy. Can he actually like hit those throws? Um, I don't think they're going to be balanced again in the run game. They're going to have to lean on the pass game. They need to. They have they have no choice. Is it going to work? That's the question. Um, I'm bleeding into our next one, but this is a key to this is a little bit of my key to the game, and it's Matt Lafleur. Like this is a coaching matchup for sure. Like this is a at that next level, can Matt's sort of schemed up plays against Steve Spagnolo, like whatever he has scripted up and decided like this is the these these are the weaknesses I've decided to hit on him and Jordan Love executing are those working? Because if you go out there and that first drive or two, if they're punting, I'm going to be worried because whatever they've decided yeah. is their scripted plays aren't working. And like, look, they could see some things and decide on the sideline and, you know, come up with a few plays. But if their scripted plays are not working, like we're in for a long night. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I have faith in this offense now and I have a faith in these young guys, but it's got to be sharp, like no drops, sharp routes. Like it's just going to be a big test for the young guys. Like do not, no mistakes. But but can I can I just yeah. jump in real, real quick, Barry? Yeah. Because it's it's fun to hear you say, I have faith in this offense now, right? Because I don't know that we were saying that four weeks ago. Yeah, of course. But they look, they've given us a number of weeks yeah. showing us that they can't, like, Andy, you said it all week. You know, this was the bar, right? The Lions game is the bar, right? It wasn't this other team, you know, handed them some turnovers or dropped passes because of the sun. Like they showed us what they can do. They set the precedent. So if they can go out against a Lions team, I'll beat a much worse defense, but they showed us what they can do. So do it again. But this is a much, much better defense. Alex, uh, uh, first of all, I love the the coaching key to the game because I think that's really smart. I'm really excited to see how these coaches match up against each other on both sides of the ball. But uh, Alex, your, your keys to the game. We've touched on all of them, so I'll make it really fast, Andy. It's established the pass for us. It's a fast start offensively. It's it's Perry nailed it on the time of possession, especially in the middle quarters, right? Those middle two quarters, time of possession game. And the last one isn't a real key. It's it's not measurable. Keep the magic going, baby. Like, this has been a really fun couple of weeks. The Chargers game. I would even count the Steelers game in there. Obviously, the Rams game and into this week. Like, this has been a different team. And on both sides of the ball. 
And I just I would love to see some of those things that we were looking for early. And maybe we even saw against Chicago, which changed our expectations early. I would love to see some of those things continue to to just be the trend. And Jordan Love, by the way, it just looks like not maybe a different quarterback. We've complimented his poise a lot, but the last two, three, four weeks, it feels like that's actually at another level. So I, I don't want to see him get affected by maybe the best defense they've seen all year, if not the best defense they've seen all year. Um, I, I'm really excited for this one because you keep using the term, Andy, measuring stick. Despite the fact we anticipate a loss, this is going to tell us a lot about a team that schedule softens up after this week. The playoffs are very much still in reach, which is crazy because I, after, in the middle of that four-game losing streak, I would have thought you were you were absolutely freaking nuts had you told me that the playoffs were very well in reach. So uh, it's those four, really those those three things: the pass rush, fast start offensively, and and the time of possession, specifically in the middle quarters, and magic, and magic. Keep the keep so magic keeping track at home. Prayer and magic are two of the huge <laughs> keys to this game so far. Uh, all right, I'm going to go with one that nobody's talking about. I don't think anyone's talking about, but I think is a massive key to this game, and it's the running game on both sides of the ball. And that might be a weird thing and like a scary thing, but if, well, let's just say, let's say both running games are taken away, first of all, right? Nobody has a running game. Now you're talking about an arms race with Patrick Mahomes. That's not a position that you want to be in. Even with Jordan Love playing better and exciting and having coming off the best game of his career, pretty much no quarterback in the league right now wants to be in an arms race with Patrick Mahomes. Even Josh Allen at the peak of his powers, like when he was playing some of his best football, when you get an arms race with Patrick Mahomes, it does not end well for you. So like, that that is a huge issue where if it's just Jordan Love versus Patrick Mahomes, again, crazier things have happened in the history of the world, but like that's not going to end for well for you more often than not if you were to simulate the game a hundred times. So Green Bay on their side of the ball has to find a way, whether by hook or crook or some crazy play or whatever it may be, to get the run game going in some capacity, at least make it more like all right, Casey has to give it a token, like, all right, we're going to have to at least do something to make sure that this is not, they, they, it doesn't get out of control and they're not rushing for five yards per carry or something like that. Like, if they can have some semblance of a running game, that changes this game in some capacity. And again, if you're not, you're fighting a losing battle far more often than not just going one-on-one. And on the flip side, we've talked about all day how difficult it is to just stop Patrick Mahomes in general. Now imagine... Pacheco in that running game is going and you can't stop the run because you're probably keeping those two safeties back and the Chiefs get the running game going. Same thing, right? Now the Chiefs running game is going and everything is at the Chiefs disposal. And now it's just like, man, we got to bring a safety up to stop the run too, or we have to put an extra guy in the box to stop the run. Like now we're like, now we're really going to struggle. So it's Green Bay's ability to make sure that Pacheco and their running game doesn't get going because you have a hard enough time, even if Casey can't run the ball to stop this offense, much less if it's the other way around. And for Green Bay, it's going to be hard enough again to to match you know points for points with this Chiefs team. If your running game is just null and void, non-existence, dead on arrival, whatever lame term you want to use, good luck because that's a that's a losing battle. It's a run game, key to my game. It's interesting because obviously that's that's always the the nitpick of Joe Barry's defense is is the inability to stop the run, and this is we're thirty five minutes into this episode and we've talked mainly about the the Chiefs' offense and maybe that they're lacking a wide receiver, but it's Patrick Mahomes. He's still going to find a way to pick you apart. Is that the way they win this game? 
Maybe, Andy. It's a good point. I mean, Pacheco is a great running back. So He's if fine. there's a game, if there's a game to get it going, it's, <laughs> it's probably. Although the Packers, I mean, I have to give that the line some credit. I mean, they've done a pretty decent job the last couple of weeks mitigating opposing teams' running games. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. But you're right, Andy. I mean, God, it's it's like whack a mole. You know, you like you like got a. a I have Travis Kelsey over here, but then I got to get the running game over here. And I'm like, Oh my God, Patrick Mahomes is running over here. It's like, I got to choose one. So yeah, you could, if you get down early or you get down, you know, maybe multiple scores early in this game, it could get, it could spiral really, really badly. And to be clear, like you're willing to get, like if, if Pacheco gets like 20 for a hundred or something like that, right? Like, all right, you got five yards of carry that sucks, but like you can live with that. You can still find a way to win with that. And you're kind of happy that Mahomes didn't have 20 extra pass attempts in that situation rather than like, you're, you're okay with that. More what I'm talking about from a defensive side of things, like you can't allow like another 200 yard game on the ground. Like that is a massive recipe for disaster. And if like KC can just run the ball at will, then like good night nurse. So you got to be able to stop the run. Got to be able to run the football in some capacity, or if not, again, you're just, you're fighting an uphill battle. All right, lightning round the rest of the way. Matchup that you cannot wait to watch. I'm going to go first really quick. I can't wait to watch Creed Humphrey versus Kenny Clark and Joe Thune versus Kenny Clark up front. Those are just like, those are the type of matchups that I get so excited for and geeked up for. And Green Bay needs to get interior pressure. And it's going to be hard against two of the better players in Thune and Creed Humphrey. But Kenny Clark's no picnic to play against either. And he's playing really well right now. So can't wait to watch that one. Perry, what about you? I said mine already, but it's Maddie versus Steve. All right, I like it. Alex? Uh, Patrick Mahomes versus whoever the hell is playing in the defensive backfield, uh, whether that's Jair and Rudy or, and, or at corner and safety or if neither of them are playing. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is fun to watch. I hope uh, the Packers' defense, the defensive backfield is more fun to watch. All right, I think we've given plenty of reasons to be uh, semi-concerned about this Chiefs team in this game. So let's go <laughs> with your biggest reason for optimism. Alex, we'll start with you this time. What is your biggest reason for optimism in this game? Magic and prayer. No, I, I just think that the way this team has played on both sides of the ball the last couple of weeks, I, we saw them against a team we didn't think they were going to beat. Uh, by the time you're hearing this, what is that, 10 days ago? I, I, I just think this team's plan is starting to come together. The youth movement, in which I was very critical of for the last several months, is starting to make sense to me. I think this offense, and by the way, Matt LaFleur also, who got criticized quite a bit, not by me, but by others, with his ingenuity and creativity offensively, that's come to life the last couple of weeks. So I think that the, the reason for optimism, despite a very good defense that they're playing on Sunday night, is the ingenuity and the creativity offensively and Jordan Love seeing like, whoa, I understand why he was a first-round pick now, right? I mean, a lot of these things are coming together and starting to make sense. That's my reason for optimism, despite being, what did you say, Perry, the number three defense in terms of DVOA? I, I, I think the level of optimism for me is this offense has creativity. They have a spark. They have a guy that is running a, a really nice offense in Jordan Love. All of a sudden, that's my my reason for, for optimism right now. Ms. Goldstein. I think there's a lot of reasons. I think we've said them before, but I, I an offshoot of Alex's is I think like there's a lot to be said for being a little bit of an unknown. And I think Jordan and this offense are still a little unknown. And Matt has put a lot of really fun things on tape, but Matt has also been known to 
put things on tape and then do offshoots of the things that he's put on tape and that kind of level of like illusion and complexity. And I think he probably has a lot in the bag that he hasn't used yet. And this is a great week to pull those things out. And like I said, I think the Packers are hitting the chiefs at a really great time in their development in this offense. Um, So it's going to be fun to see. And um, Jordan said it in a presser. I think it was either today or yesterday. We're recording on Thursday, you know, had this one circled. Um, He said it about the Lions game on Thanksgiving. We've had this one circled. So I don't know if he has a little bit of that Aaron Rodgers chip, but if he does, then sick. Cause I would love to see what he does when he gets a little bit of that, like rematch magic to use Alex's term in him. Um, And like I said, this is house money game. Like they have kind of nothing to lose and a lot to prove. And I think that's a team that can be really dangerous. Um, Especially when this is a game where everyone's going to pick the chiefs and everyone's expecting the chiefs to win. And you're coming into a snowy Lambo in December. And I don't know, it just has a recipe for it not being what people expect it to be. NBC has the once in a lifetime opportunity to do something magical. If the Packers win this game and they give Jordan love a Turkey leg after the game, (laughs) the greatest thing ever. NBC, if you're listening, have a turkey leg ready because if Jordan throws for like four or five touchdowns and Green Bay wins this game, you have the opportunity like said, once in a lifetime to just make amends on what Fox couldn't get right and give that man a turkey leg. Uh, we've got magic. We've got prayer. I'm going to throw one more on top of that. I'm going vibes. This Green Bay team is vibing. And more importantly, sometimes when you have a young team – they just don't know any better. Like they, yeah. they sometimes like they don't know that they're like supposed to be like a six point underdog. They don't care. They're just vibing. They're on energy. They're like in the right frame of mind. And sometimes like when they were in that four game losing streak, like you could tell vibes weren't the same. Vibes weren't great. And like now you could tell this team's like, hey, we just beat the Chargers and Justin Herbert. We beat Detroit. Like we're in a good place. Like they're coming to our place. Everyone's expecting Casey's going to win. Jordan didn't get a turkey leg. Look the heck out because if that's my reason for optimism is that this team is vibing. They're on the right course and they don't know any better. So that is that is why I think there's reason to roll with Green Bay in this game. Andy, I love you, dude. But you gotta you gotta listen to me for a minute. I understand you're referencing the young team, and I know Perry and I are still in our twenties. But vibes and vibing, I don't know if that works. No, I love it. Don't I I, I, I appreciate it. I respect it, but I don't know if it works for you. I don't know if it's a good fit for you. Andy, don't listen to him. (laughs) Perry, this will be our last uh, episode recording with Alex. So uh, Alex has been really fun. Uh, All right. Final, final thing uh, in Alex's last episode, our (laughs) final score prediction for the game. Perry, I'm going to start with you. Rightfully so. Um, Okay. So I picked... I'm going to stick with my packs, which she said score. And I said it was going to be 33 to 30. Wow. I initially picked, I know I initially picked the chiefs. I still feel like it's going to be the chiefs because I got the vibes. Didn't I, I got it. It would be a little insane of me to pick against, against the chiefs. However, I'm going to caveat this by saying, if we have not seen yet an Anders Carlson walk-off win, it hasn't happened yet this season, right? We're due. He's due. He's had a little bit of a bumpy road. He's due. So if we happen to flip that score, 
<laughs> and it be 33 to 30 Packers. I'm here for the Anders win. Just saying. All right. I'm going, I was very similar. I have 31, 30 chiefs in this one. Wow. Green Bay keeps it close. Green Bay keeps it fun. High scoring, but chiefs find a way to win at the end. Other guy, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> 30 points each, man. Um, Perry, is is Anders Carlson due? I, you keep saying that. I'm just like, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not as I want him to, I want him to be a good kicker. I don't want the Packers to have this like weird kicker thing. No, I'm with you. I I just I don't know if he's due, but I, I want him to be He good. hasn't won a game for them yet. He has not had to come in and win a game yet. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think Sunday will be uh will, will be the, the that way either. I do not have the Packers putting up 30 points, but I do have the Chiefs. I will take the Chiefs 31-21. Um I think it's closer than maybe the score indicates. I think it's within uh, you know, a, a touchdown or, or less throughout most of the game. I, I think Jordan Love looks good again. I, I think the the Packers defense will pick off Mahomes once, if not twice. I think Jordan Love will have an interception. I think it'll be a fun football game. I just think the Chiefs are the better team here. So it's all take Chiefs 31-21. Spoken like someone who doesn't understand the vibes of this game. Is what I <laughs> You're so good, dude. You're so good. <laughs> oh, Amazing. <laughs> Perry, Alex, it's been fun as always. Fun to do a pregame show. I don't know if we've ever done a pregame show before, so uh, definitely fun to do. Always usually doing a, a post game or um, you know, kind of after the fact, but ton of fun. Really looking forward to this game. I think we can all say whether it's a measuring stick, whether it's a um, you know house money game, whatever it is, should be entertaining. And I think we're all excited to watch it. Perry, where can we find all of your amazing work out there on the internet? Well. Unlike normal, I mentioned Pax, which she said, I think twice in this episode, which I never do, but I do have another podcast with Maggie Loney. It's called Pax, which she said, you can go follow us on Twitter, uh, on YouTube. Uh, we post all of our content on YouTube, anywhere where you find your podcasts. For Perry Goldstein, I'm Andy Herman. That's going to be for us. <laughs> Alex, where can we find all of your stuff? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Alex underscore Strope. You're, you're such a Richard, but I love you so much, buddy. Uh, I, look, you said we don't do pregame shows together usually because I'm usually doing another pregame show. You can catch me with Tori Lowe, Kyle Wallace, Taylor Swift, Jason Wilde, and Rob Domofsky, uh beginning at 4 o'clock on 620 WTMJ, 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee, 100.5 ESPN Madison. The Taylor Swift part was a lie. I just wanted your attention. Uh, but make sure you, you hang out with us leading into the game. Who knows? Maybe she'll join. I, I can't tell you if she, would, she won't be joining. It's probably as good of an opportunity as an Anders Carlson game-winning field goal. But know <laughs> For Perry Goldstein and Alex Strofe, go follow both of them on Twitter. Perry <laughs> underscore Goldstein, Alex underscore Strofe. I'm Andy Herman NFL. Until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Keep the magic going, baby.